It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Meeting on the Mound for right now. Uh, we're not sure what to name it quite yet, but this is Kyle Gibson from the Twins Flight. We are on our way to Baltimore right now. And uh, with Williams as the DOB, my first guest, I'm going to welcome in our first-year manager, Rocco Baldelli, to the show. Rocco, thanks for being with me today. You got it, Gibby. So, Rocco, first year here in uh, Minnesota as a manager, I assume over your eight to nine year playing career you made it here at least once uh did you play here and if not what's your first impression of the cities and twins territory um yeah i've been been coming into the city for years and uh got a chance to play in the metrodome a bunch i actually went to the metrodome as a i think a 12 year old uh kid we had a baseball tournament up here in uh in uh forget exactly where it is but just south of the city and we went to a game I thought it was the greatest thing ever and um, I've always enjoyed the city I've enjoyed walking around coming in as a, as a visiting player visiting coach um, but now that I'm here uh, you know on a more permanent basis uh, I love getting not just in the city but around the city um, getting out into the areas where you can see the lakes and get out into the open space I think it's a beautiful area I'm, I'm really digging it. So do you have a favorite restaurant around or a favorite uh, area that you like to go walk around yet? I love walking around, honestly, anywhere. But I, I think I think the restaurant scene seem, seems really good. Um, I've, I've noticed some places like uh, Alma and Young Joni and Spoon yeah. and Stable and the Bachelor Farmer and, and a few other places uh, that I'm really uh, trying to get to anytime I can. So the uh, Minnesota Staple is the Juicy Lucy. I assume you've had one or not? Or not, I don't know. Okay, so you need to check out Matt's Bar or anywhere they can serve a Juicy Lucy. It's the cheese inside the burger. Big hit for Minnesota. It's a uh, Minnesota staple. I think it originated here. I'm, I'm up for absolutely anything. I like any kind of interesting, good food, and, and I'm up to try and do things. So Juicy Lucy, got it. Awesome, Juicy Lucy. Um, so we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, the start of the year here. We're 9-7. and seven. Uh, three and three homestand that we probably could have easily been five and one on that uh, and I want to say all but uh, three of our losses have been two runs or less so we've been in basically every ball game what's your impression of the team so far two weeks in well one I, I, I love our group I know I'm talking to you and you're the one doing the interview so very very easy to say but I think we have a great group not just of talented ball players but of, of really solid good people who I, I love showing up to the field with every day and uh, regardless of, of wins and losses, I mean, I think we've approached everything early on very well. Um, you know, you're not going to win every game. It's a long year, and it's how you uh, take those games, the wins and the losses, and react to them and show up the next day ready to go. Uh, that means everything. And we show up ready to play every day, and that's all That's all we can really ask of ourselves. Um, now, we're recording this just before the Baltimore series, so everybody, by the time they listen to it, know exactly how the weekend happened. Uh, but sitting here now on Thursday, if you had to pick out a couple things that are going to be important for us to, to uh, pick up a series win, what would those things be? And we'll see how they uh, turn out on Monday. 
You know what? I think it really comes down to just how we prepare for the games. I mean, obviously, we want to pitch well. We want our starters and our bullpen guys to pitch well. We want to score runs. We want to have good quality at-bats. Um, but I think it's more about if we're putting ourselves in position to win before the game, um, if we take care of our business, if we uh, put in the work, if we compete when the game starts and we don't stop competing at any point, um, as, a, as a manager, as a staff member, that's all you really ask for from the players. You, we're going uh, to have games where we score 10 or 12 runs. We're going to get shut out. We're going to have games where we pitch well. We're going to have games where we scatter the ball around. That is perfectly um, normal, and it's going to happen over the course of a long season. But um, as long as everyone has each other's back and we play hard every day, we're happy. Absolutely. Now, you've been on the coaching side for a few years now. I want to say back to maybe 2010, somewhere around there. Um, but after the first two weeks of actually managing, has there been anything that jumps out at you that might have surprised you a little bit or maybe you didn't expect going into it? Yeah, there's only so much that you can really prepare for. Um, you know, whether you're talking before the game, you know, there's there's a thousand small or big, big, you know, things that are on your mind on any given day. Um that you know you can talk to people and get as much advice as you want uh and trust me there's a lot of people who i talk to on a regular basis that i need need the advice from um but also you still have to go through it and experience it and go through some things with some trial and error and, and see what happens um, i can say once the game starts sometimes the game moves very quickly and no matter how uh much you try to get ahead of things um you have to experience it firsthand and uh that's that that quickness you know allows you to um, try to look at things differently the next time a situation comes up or the next game that you're um, managing or coaching and and really it's it's a little bit at a time you just try to do your job better every day when you show up um, and I think that that's kind of how I'm approaching it now you're the youngest manager in the big leagues and I think that can offer some advantages uh, I would say you're the manager that has the most recent playing experience, uh, and maybe that gives you a different perspective on the managerial side. Would you see it that way, and would you say that helps you manage the personalities? Because I would say that might be half of the battle is just managing the 25 different personalities in the locker room. Honestly, I think that's a really important part of the job because it, it's a job that, um, you know, it's not about X's and O's. It's about people and uh, everyone in the clubhouse, and it has to do with the players. It has to do with all the staff members, all the coaches. Um, and, and keeping everyone in a, try to keep everyone in a good frame of mind any way you can. Um, and that being probably maybe the most important part of the, part of the job. Um, but really, being the youngest manager, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I guess it's a fact. But um, as far as what I know, I know that I have a lot to learn still. And I know that I'm still trying to figure a lot of things out and relying on a lot of people to help me do my job. Um, but also, if there's any way that I can relate to some of the players in some ways that might be helpful, maybe that's a positive to the job. But I, but I also know that there are a lot of um, positives to having experience, and there are a lot of people that, that I've played with, uh, excuse me, played for or um, coached with, and, and I've learned a lot from them because I know they've gone through these, these battles and they've gone through you know, good times and difficult times, and uh, they do things differently now than they did at the beginning, and I hope to do the same. All right, so let's go back to your playing days a little bit and talk about Rocco, the player. Drafted sixth overall in 2000 by the then Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, and I just want to read you a quote about young Rocco from Rocco. I just come up to the plate and swing as hard as I could every time and try to smoke the ball. I didn't know about hitting mechanics, breaking pitches, or even reading pitchers. Uh, you said that about yourself, but to be taken sixth overall, 
and to be the athlete that you were. Uh, I know you were a multi-sport athlete. Uh, I would just have to assume that that hand-eye coordination and just being an athlete allowed you to have that type of an approach and still be so successful. Well, I don't know, because at that point, I don't know if I knew anything that was going on. I, I was kind of just uh, doing what came naturally to me. And, and I think that was from actually maybe my, my first year of pro ball. So just after my senior year of high school and um, rookie ball was not uh, that was not a pleasant experience for me. It was a real challenge. Um, I went from facing, you know, uh, playing about 18 games a year in Rhode Island and facing, uh, you know, some Rhode Island high school competition to going out and playing in pro ball. And it was a huge adjustment. And just like uh, some of the things that, that we've talked about earlier, um, for me at that point, it was about just trying to get better, just trying to isolate some things that I knew I didn't do well and try to do them um, a little bit better the next day or the next year when I showed up to spring training. Um, as long as you're trying to improve and you're willing to make those adjustments and acknowledging that you need to be better, um, I think that's when we're going in the right direction. And that's, uh, I know certainly that's what I needed to do at different points in my life. So you're called up in 2003 with Tampa Bay. You finished third in the rookie of the year. You had a great year. Backed that up in 2004 with a great year. And unfortunately, uh, I don't ever believe that an injury is going to define anybody or define their identity, but the injuries start piling up for you, unfortunately, an ACL, a Tommy John, and other things after that. Um, in 2007 and 2008, you started doing some extra medical testing, trying to figure out what happened. Take us through that a little bit, and you can share as much as you want to share or don't want to share, but uh, I just want to touch on that and then kind of go into the mental side of that as you as a player. Yeah, there's probably a lot to talk about there, and I'll probably I'll try to keep it as uh, to the point as I can. But um, started dealing with a lot of injuries, and, and went from being able to do a lot of things physically to, in a very short period of time, just not being able to do them. It was a pretty scary time. It was uh, a time where I did not know not just my baseball career and where that was going, but I didn't know if I was healthy and, and able to to live uh, you know, a good, strong, healthy life going forward. And those were the kinds of things I was thinking about. So it was a kind of a difficult time. And um, there, there, there came a time in that um, where I, you know, I learned that I do have some other um, kind of overarching things that I do deal with physically, but also that long-term that I should be perfectly fine. And you know, I take care of myself like everyone else. I try to sleep and eat well and uh, you know, get basically just you know, eat right and things like that. It actually, you know, it matters. And um, I can, I certainly feel a difference, but I knew my baseball career because of some of these things wasn't going to go on forever. And I started thinking about um, what I wanted to do next. Uh, but, but truthfully, dealing with all of these struggles probably, um, although it didn't help my baseball career continue or, or prosper, probably helped me in a lot of ways as a person. Uh, because the more that you deal with and the more adversity that I think you deal with, the more perspective it gives you, and it makes you think about things in different ways that you would never think about normally. So, I mean, I would, I'm not going to guarantee, but you know there's players out there right now who are hurt going through maybe an ACL or Tommy John. Uh, if you had to give them one piece of advice, uh, you know, for me, I've been asked that about Tommy John before, but you dealt with hamstring, you know, a lot of different injuries. What would you say to that player, maybe in high school, or maybe they're going through college right now trying to break into pro ball? Well, I would say, first of all, I know that it's not easy, and it, it's not as simple as just telling someone how to act or telling someone what to think. Um, there will always be challenges. It's an emotional thing. When someone is an athlete and they want to perform and they can't, 
Um, there's no easy answer, but I think um, having people around you, I think that you can rely on to help you get through it. Um, people that care about you, let those people help you. Let those people care about you, um, and and try to focus on the things that you have some control over, as opposed to uh, dwelling on all the things that you really don't have control over. Because that's that's tough, and that's something that we all do at different times of our lives, and that's what all athletes do, I think, when they're hurt. But if there's any way that even in a small way you can try to just focus on what you need to do to get better and focus on the positives and kind of go in that direction, um, even if it helps just a little bit, I think it's worth doing. So we're going to shift a little bit from baseball into one of your hobbies that Wikipedia and Jake Odorizzi informed me about. I know Wikipedia isn't always trustworthy, but it mentioned something about you and a connection to horse racing. Uh, I don't know if it's a passion of yours, a hobby of yours, but Odo said that you've been, uh, I believe, to the Derby uh, there in Kentucky and, and checked out some horse racing. So if you want to fill us in a little bit on your passion for horse racing and uh, and give us a little inside scoop to Rocco off the field. Yeah, so I love the animals probably more than anything else and and uh, even more than, than owning uh, horses that race. I, I, love, um, I love the mares and breeding mares and having the foals and watching the foals grow up and and going to the farms. I have, I have some friends in Lexington, Kentucky, who um, who I visit sometimes and spend time with. Um, I find it a very relaxing, beautiful place. And, um, you know, more than anything else, I think I'd love to uh, have some horses, uh, you know, maybe when I'm older, if I ever have that opportunity um, to just take care of and be with, because I find them beautiful, beautiful animals. And um, I, I just love being around them. And I, but like I say, as much as anything, I, I, I love watching them grow up and, uh, and mature. And they have personalities just like other pets, just like people. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. All right, so lastly, I'm going to turn my notes here a little bit so you don't get a, a head start. But you're from Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Uh, and with Williams Astadio, I did a little research on some Venezuelan catchers, uh, compared some statistics. And I want to quiz you on a few uh, celebrities from Woonsocket, Rhode Island. You've probably heard of most of them. I just want to see if you can name them here. The first one, his nickname was the Frenchman. He played in the MLB second base, and he was also a player manager. He played for the Philadelphia Phillies and the Philadelphia Athletics, and he also led the American League in batting average five times. Can you name this Woonsocket resident? That Woonsocket resident uh, was around a long time ago, and that is Napla Joy, I believe. Yes, um, and he had a heck of a career. Napla Joy, Hall of Famer, and I believe he was actually inducted in one of the first classes into the Hall of Fame. So it's a great wound socket uh, a resident. The second one uh, played in the NHL for multiple seasons. Played for the Calgary Flames, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Sharks, the Hurricanes, and four stints with the Flyers. And he still currently holds the longest shutout streak at 332 minutes and one second. Can you name this wound socket resident? I'm not sure if I can. I know, I'm not sure if Brian Boucher was from one socket. Brian Boucher, that's him. Is it him? Okay, I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure that he played all over the place um, in all those places, but I know uh, he went to high school up there and had a great career as well. Wow, very good, two for two. All right, last one. This wound socket resident left high school in the seventh grade and began working in a, as a mill foreman he started boxing as a lightweight, and Wikipedia has, in quotations, with moderate success. Um, he was 
the umpire behind the plate for the famous play in the 55 World Series when Jackie Robinson steals home. Yogi Berra tags him. He thought he had him out. Jackie was safe. An iconic photo in baseball. And he umpired an eight World Series. Can you name this Woonsocket resident? I'm slightly embarrassed, but I cannot name this Woonsocket resident. But that's a great story, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to look this up afterwards. We have William Bill Summers, an umpire who uh, was a longtime MLB umpire. Uh, great story, according to Wikipedia. Walked by a uh, Woonsocket High School field in the early 30s or 40s, I believe. And uh, the, the coach said, hey, will you come umpire? We don't have an umpire. And that was his career. Didn't even know the game of baseball. That's you know what that that storybook right there. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Absolutely, Rocco. We really appreciate you being on. Thanks for joining the show and uh, continued success here as we go into Baltimore and going into Houston. And uh, it's going to be a fun year for Twins territory. That was fun. Thanks, Gibby. Thank you. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.